0: I'd like to invite the following people to join me for lunch: Jim, Dwight, Angela, Daryl, Kevin, Toby, Phyllis, Oscar. That's great! Let's do this, guys. All right. Well, I will see you in a bit. I love you so much. Hey, it's nothing. All right. Touch you when we get there. I'll let you know what's going on. Okay. No, no dog video. Okay. Okay. See you guys. Well, we should all be really excited about our very own pizza party. Pizza party! Pizza party, pizza party. party. Jim, your daughter Cecilia, what does she think of the street? Uh, Uh, the street. Sesame Street. Oh, I didn't know anybody. (laughs) She likes it a lot. She, uh, loves Elmo. Elmo. God save us the Elmo era. Right? Sesame Street was created to reflect the environment of the children watching it. Complete self-absorption of Elmo is brilliantly reflective of our time. Ours is a cultural ghetto. Wouldn't you agree? Yeah. She does like Elmo. Cultural ghetto? totally, Totally agree. Completely. Apt. Apt analysis, Robert. The thing that I like about Elmo is the tickling. <laughs> I should not be here. I'm in the, I was in the wrong. I'm I'm sorry. Uh, just picture me back there. I, I was never here. You know, I feel comfortable enough now to ask you this question. What made you pick this group? I just think you guys are winners, and I wanted to have lunch with you. <laughs> OK. Oh. But yes. well, what about the other guys? Losers? Oh, come, come on. on! I don't know. I don't know what come on! No. Come on! Well, I guess I think they're losers. Ah, yeah, I knew it! <laughs> yes! Should have Woo. said that? <laughs> you have to love the office. All right. Our reading for this morning. Uh, comes from Luke 14, uh, verses 1, 7 through 14. And it's actually in the bulletin. If you want to follow along, it's also up. Actually, I don't think I have it on the screen this week. But we're skipping around. It's, the lectionary text is uh, verse 1, and then we skip verses 2 to 6, and we go to 14, 7 through 14. We pick it up, like we did last week, on another Sabbath day. Another Sabbath day came, and Jesus was invited to an official's home for a meal. This fellow was a leader of the Pharisees, and Jesus was still under close surveillance by them. Verse 7. Then he noticed how the guests were jockeying for places of honor at the dinner, so he gave them advice. Jesus said, whenever someone invites you to a wedding dinner, don't sit at the head table. Someone more important than you might have been invited, and your host will have to humiliate you publicly by telling you, to give your seat to another guest and go find an open seat in the back of the room. Instead, go and sit at the back of the room. Then your host may find you and say, My friend, why are you sitting back here? Come up to the table near the front. Then you will be publicly honored in front of everyone. Listen, if you lift yourself up, you'll be put down. But if you humble yourself, you'll be honored. Verse 12. Jesus still wasn't finished. Now he turned to the host who had invited him to this gathering. Jesus said, Jesus said, When you host a dinner or a banquet, don't invite your friends, your brothers, your relatives, or your rich neighbors. If you do, they might invite you to a party of their own, and you'll be repaid for your kindness. Instead, invite the poor, the amputees, the crippled, the blind, and then you will be blessed because they can never repay you. Your reward will come from God at the resurrection of the just and the good. I had a professor once that said uh, the essence of Christianity is to eat together can I get an amen uh, we like to eat around here um, what what, is it, what are some of your favorite meals to cook Does anybody have just that like classic if I'm having people over this is my favorite thing to make potlucks you just like casseroles you'd be, you'd be a good southern baptist I think what else What's like your favorite meal to prepare for somebody? Yeah. Pot roast. Mm, Classic. Ooh, what was that? Spaghetti squash with mustard cheese melted at all. Sounds pretty good. This is a story in parable. I mean, Jesus is teaching this morning in our lectionary text uh, exactly uh, his context, right? He, he's been invited over to this dinner, and then he begins telling these stories, first to the guests of the party, and then to the host. Um, what's, what's interesting, I mean, there's a lot of interesting things about this story, but this is the very last time Jesus will dine with the Pharisees, all right? After this, he is not... He's not invited back, and we kind, of, we kind of see why. But let's walk through a bit the, uh, in this passage and see, see what we can mind from it. So Sabbath. We, if you were here last week, we talked about the Sabbath. What is the significance of Sabbath? Uh, is it still significant for, significant for us today? And last week's problem was that Jesus did what on the Sabbath? Does anybody remember? Yeah, he healed somebody, right? And actually, in the verses that we skipped this morning, that 2 through 6, he heals again. And so it's uh, not so much a coincidence when Jesus comes to this house, and uh, verse 1 says he's under close surveillance, right? So the Pharisees invite him, maybe with the intention of trying to, to catch him. They're watching to see what he does. But it's really no coincidence that in verse 2 he meets a man who has uh, a different ability, right? He meets somebody with an illness. And during that 2 to 6 por- portion, uh, he asks the Pharisees, he proposes to them, yeah, should I, should I heal this guy? And then he gives them the same bit that we read last week. Wouldn't you do the same for one of your animals? Wouldn't you do the same for this person who's, who's sick? And Jesus ends up healing him. So so the Sabbath is, is our context for today, and Jesus is invited over in verse 1. Then we skip, right? We skip that little section. We go to verse 7. Then he noticed how the guests were jockeying for positions. So he goes from being under close surveillance by the Pharisees to then being the one who now is the observer. So the, uh, in, the in the first century, especially in a Jewish context, at a, at a really, uh, probably a formal dinner, uh, this text uh, actually says this was a uh, high Pharisee, some sort of elite uh, type person. So we can assume that this would have been a really uh, elite sort of dinner to be invited to, that this would have been a... Uh, a, par- a party that you would want to have been invited to. So he starts noticing now how all of the guests at this party are jockeying for places of honor at the dinner. So to be invited to one of these parties uh, would have been somewhat of a high honor. And then from that point on, uh, everybody would then sit in kind of their, le- their status level, right? So the dinner table in first century was, what is your status? in society? What is, your st- what is your role in this structure? And it was a place where the status quo was kept. So if there was any place where you sort of knew where you lined up on the hierarchical scale, it was at the table where this happened. So Jesus sits down He notices how people are, are doing this. Verse 8, whenever someone invites you to a wedding dinner, he says, don't sit at the head table. Someone more important than you might have been invited, and your host will have to humiliate you publicly by telling you to give up your seat to another guest. Instead, go and sit at the back of the room. Then your host may find you and say, my friend, why are you sitting back here? Come up to the table near the front. And Then you will be publicly honored in front of everyone. Listen, if you lift yourself up, you'll be put down. But if you humble yourself, you'll be honored. Whew. not I don't think I would uh, recommend doing this at any parties anytime soon. Uh, basically going to a party and giving everybody a lesson. Maybe not the best way to make some friends. But this is what Jesus does, uh, because Jesus does what? All the time he challenges the status quo. He challenges the way that things have always been done. And this is very clear when everybody is jockeying for positions at the dinner table. Um, So I love this scene from The Office, because... You know, we get a very uh, office way of describing this very same thing. Robert California, the new boss, comes in. He decides in the, uh, in the first week who he considers in the office winners or, or losers. And if you kind of get the office's uh, humor, uh, you know that, you know, this all falls apart at the end, right? It, the people that are left back home and then the whole thing switches. Uh, but we do this. Today, right? We we designate uh, statuses, and you know, I thought this was funny how it was actually at lunch. Um, I love how Toby, the guy in the middle of the lunch, takes himself out of lunch. He's like, I didn't, I didn't belong here. To so he just leaves. He's like, I'm not, I'm not a part of the, the winning group. So Jesus doesn't, uh, he doesn't play this game, right? Um, but we do this, right? I mean, we have in many ways like. Even from when we were children, we sort of fought over uh, places at the cool table at lunch. I don't know if anybody ever did that. Okay, um, maybe it's just me. Uh, I never made it to the cool table. Uh, But we do this, whether it's at dinner, but we do the same type of thing, right? We posture ourselves. And I think Jesus is saying here um, that you should just go sit, like, at the back of the at the back of the room, just to like, b- then be elevated, right? That's not the point. It's it's the understanding that uh, there are no, there are no, there is no system. There is no he challenges the very system that they operate within. So we uh, so we find ourselves. Jesus is not done yet, verse twelve. He wasn't finished. Now he turns to the host who had invited everyone to this gathering. When he hosted dinner, he said, don't invite your friends, your brothers, your relatives, or your rich neighbors. If you do, they might invite you to a party of their own, and you'll be repaid for your kindness. Instead, invite the poor, the amputees, the crippled, the blind. Then you will be blessed, because they can never repay you. Your reward will come from God at the resurrection, the just and the good. Does anybody watch uh, Anthony Bourdain, uh, Parts Unknown? Yeah? So good. You've never watched Anthony Bourdain: Parts Unknown? You have a Netflix account? Look it up. It is so good. It, basically, Anthony Bourdain, he's a traveler, a chef. He goes around to all of these really obscure, uh, often obscure places, and he'll dine straight up with the locals. He says this: If I am an advocate for anything, it's to move as far as you can, as much as you can, across the ocean or across a river. To the extent in which you walk into someone else's shoes, eat their food, it's a plus for everybody. Open your mind, get off the couch, just move. And I love that when he goes and travels, he doesn't he doesn't usually, sometimes he does, he has some elitist dinners, but most of the time he goes straight to the source. He goes to the most uh, dingy uh, local places that you could possibly find, and he puts himself in the shoes of whichever country or town that he's in. And it's a really cool picture of this, uh, how food brings people together, but it also illustrates how he, he breaks down these systems. Uh, we often tend in our lives to surround ourselves with people that look like us, talk like us, sound like us, have the same um, political viewpoints as us. And he, and he breaks this apart, and Jesus breaks this apart. And he says if, if you have a party, uh, don't invite your friends or your family. Um, It doesn't mean that you shouldn't ever have your mother in law over for dinner. Okay? I see see some of you got excited about that prospect. But he's saying we need to question the very systems and structures that we set up in our society, that we set up in our world. We talked a little bit about this on Wednesday night. Uh, What are the systems and structures? Uh, that our current society has set up. We, we often stratify people. Uh, we set up systems that work for certain types of people. And the other people that don't fit into those, uh, into our market economy, they sort of are just left out there. And they fall through the cracks in these systems. Uh, and as, pe- as people of faith, we have to be constantly questioning the systems that we see at work in our society, in order to question the very foundation and put ourselves in places uh, where we find those at the margins. And, I mean, Laura does a great job with this, um, with the giving bags. Uh, And that is an exercise. We talked about resistance movements on on Wednesday night and how to be involved in places of the margins. And the giving bags are just a beginning step in, in doing something like that putting ourselves out there in the world, meeting somebody, um, sharing a meal even with somebody that uh, we wouldn't typically come into contact with. Uh, and this is what Jesus is doing here. He's saying that, uh, one, uh, if you're invited to a party, if you're invited to a system, if you're, if you're looking at the kingdom of God as the way things work in our world, uh, there is no structure of ranking people. There are no seats. Uh, everyone is equally loved in God's eyes. Uh, so that that whole thing is blown apart. And then if you're a host, if, if you're in a position of, of privilege, of power, uh, you need to question the very foundation of that of that privilege, that power, and then work to undermine it. So don't follow in the systems and structures by just inviting your friends and your, f- your family over, but go out of your way to find the communities that... Um, that your system has marginalized, that your structure, your culture, your city has uh, deemed other, and we need to go to those places. Uh, So I want to do our conversation. We usually do a little talking at the end, or at the beginning. I want to do talking at the end today. So I want you guys to take a couple of minutes, uh, turn to a neighbor, and talk. like, How can we find uh, spaces, uh, places to either share a meal together, come into contact, with those that don't look like us, don't sound like us, uh, don't believe like us. um, Let's take a minute to to brainstorm and just to think uh, and get a bit practical with this idea uh, because I think sometimes we can say these things, right? And I can come up here and say, in, in theory, be sort of like the Pharisees, right? The Pharisees would have set up systems and religious structures that continued the religious system. And we can do that today, right? I can even come up here in a religious system, in a religious structure, and sort of say the right thing. So let's take a few minutes and see if we can come up with some practical solutions within each of our lives, spaces where um, we can make these encounters possible. Take a couple minutes. What do you guys What do you guys think about this? What do you guys think? Are there Are there practical ways either, um, you know, in, in your daily life, you know, on your way to work, or uh, as you're going uh, into the gym, or is there something? It's it's pretty similar to the giving bags. I mean, that's what we encourage. Uh, The giving bags have food. They have toiletries. um, They have uh, sometimes notebooks to write in, pens. uh, Sometimes they have little uh, devotionals. And, uh, you know, you can just, as you're driving in your car, uh, you know, stop at a light, give it off to somebody. But if you have the opportunity to do this regularly or do it regularly with the same person and form a relationship, that really goes that extra step. And uh, all of these ideas are, right, they're not easy, right? They, they take us out of our comfort zone. And it's often when we get out of our comfort zone. And uh, food is really a great uh, way to do this, right? Because we, we all sit down and we can have conversation over food. When we get out of our comfort zone, uh, we learn about uh, people that have uh, different backgrounds, uh, different uh, generational uh the, the generational gap that teaches us something that we just had no perspective on beforehand. Um, Philip this uh, Wednesday night was uh, telling us about his upbringing, and uh, just even listening to, to Philip for five, m- five minutes is just like mind-altering, uh, listening to his story and all that he's had to overcome in his life. Uh, it's putting ourselves in those situations uh, that really um, are transformative uh, for faith community. And so this is a, you know, we uh, didn't do communion during our, our usual time, because uh, I want to end um, this talk with actually putting this into practice. And we do this on Sundays, every Sunday here at Mission Hills uh, by sharing a meal together. Not a, ri- not a lot of food, but um, we do this as a symbol of our shared life together. And when we gather around uh, this table that we have at the front today, um, this table symbolizes uh, that our essence, the essence of our faith, uh, like my professor said, is eating together. It is sharing a meal. It is breaking bread. In verse 1 of this new passage, uh, the, the word for uh, dinner is actually just, uh, he went over to eat bread. Uh, he, he goes over and we, with the basic elements of bread and wine, we symbolize every week that this is our time to, as a community, realize uh, our position at the table. That our position is not any higher. Uh, it doesn't matter if the plate is passed me first or last. Um, but we're simply sharing a meal together at the table as a family. Um, we don't gain any social position um, by doing this. We're just uh, glad to be a part of the party. So our challenge for this week, before uh, Ed comes up and leads us in our communion meditation, um, we know after this story, and, that, and some of the stories that we read in the Gospels, we know who Jesus' kind of people are. The question that we have to ask ourselves today um, through this sermon is that whether Jesus' kind of people are also our kind of people. Lord, we thank you for um, giving us a space at the table, that you um, welcome us, invite us, uh, call us out when um, we're jockeying for a position that we uh, just don't have. Uh, There are no positions uh, in your kingdom. There's only more space and more room um, for those who are marginalized in our world. May you take us out of our comfort zones. May you be reminded that, uh, that your call on our lives always pushes us out of this place. It always pushes us towards the table, towards the party, towards an open space, towards a stranger who's just a, a friend that we haven't met yet. Um, we thank you for uh, always giving that, uh, that constant reminder in our lives. We pray this week that We uh, put this into practice, that we uh, get creative with our faith, uh, that uh, this religious uh, liturgy that we do on Sundays is not, um, doesn't model a stagnant uh, mental exercise, but it it pushes us in our daily lives when we're away from this place, when we're not near anybody in our faith community. We pray that you would just kind of hug on us when we're posturing and uh, poke at us whenever we uh, we were trying to take positions that that don't exist. Call us back to your party and uh, we're grateful for it.